0: Hi, welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Kunjini Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalized mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver actionable steps and strategies and inspiration so that you can take back the control of your life and live your best life. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you, and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help-seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely, and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. Welcome to the very first episode of Traumatic Transformations. I am so excited about this um, the baby project that I have been working on for the last few months. And I couldn't be happier that this is finally... Um, this day is finally here. So thank you so much for listening um, to this episode. And I really um, appreciate you for being here. Um, Just quickly before we get into this episode, I wanted to ask you for a favor. If you, if whatever I talk about today resonates with you, Please hit the subscribe button, so I can continue to be you can continue to be tuning in every week um, and never have to miss an episode. Um, It also helps with the algorithm, um, so that I can you know it can help people find the show. And um, I expect to continue this process for quite some time, and it helps with the longevity. So if you like what you hear, please rate and review, um, and most importantly, subscribe, so that I can keep this journey growing. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I figured I would make this first episode about my story and sort of, you know, my vision of how this came about, and who this podcast is for. Um, I I believe that if you're going to continue listening every week, um, you should have a context of who I am, um, why this project now, um, and why you should be listening. Um, So thank you. And um, I really want to keep this um, almost 30, 40 minutes so it, it doesn't take up too much of your time, but it sort of gives you a context of what I plan to explore on this show. Well, this podcast is almost a very 360 degree, you know, full circle moment for me. Um, I started um, as a grad student uh, almost in 2008, so 12 years ago, um, as I used to be a podcast coordinator for the Division 17 of American Counseling Association that I used to be a part of and with some of my grad student colleagues, Um, I somehow was one of those people who was into technology. So I became the podcast coordinator. Podcast was a thing back then. Um, I didn't realize that fast forward 12 years later, it was still a thing and now a very big thing. Uh, What I mean by that is apparently in 2019, there has been 1 million podcasts the podcast ad industry has grown to be $1 billion. Um, so apparently podcast is a big deal and people tune into it. Um, so I am so excited um, as so I'm so excited that this is actually coming to fruition. And, you know, uh, life was sort of always preparing me for this moment, but I didn't realize that was happening then. Um, so I'll, uh, and this is why I say that it's a 360 moment uh, for a lot of these things that I've felt that life had been preparing me for. But I just didn't know. And now I'm so thankful that given everything that 2020 has presented to us, and for my life, I just um, couldn't be more grateful that all the things now looking back, I'm just so thankful that the universe was preparing me for. So um, I'll give you a little bit of an story about where this all began. So I am a licensed mental health therapist and a trauma specialist. And I've been practicing, I own my private practice here in San Diego, California, and also in um, Florida, Tampa. And I really enjoy what I do. I have finally, you know, I've been doing this for 12 plus years, and I specialize in depression, anxiety, trauma, PTSD, grief, and loss. And I, I I'm, I'm fortunate to be one of those very few people in life that completely wakes up and is very passionate about what I do. I know that a lot of people don't um, feel that way. And I don't, a lot of people don't have that uh, that happening. So and this is not just a coincidence. Everything that has happened in my life after um, like my late twenties is absolutely by design. Uh, when I'm one of those people who is very big believer of, if something is not working, I have to um, solve it. I have to fix it. And I'm a very, I've designed myself over the years and trained myself to be a very problem solving mindset kind of a person. Then looking at my problems and suffering and, you know, being sucked into them because that has happened um, before I turned 27 and before I got into therapy. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit um, so that you have a context of what all that means, because I'm a big, big, big believer of I you be the change you wish to see. And if I wish to see change in people, I think you need to have a context of where my journey began what it has looked like um you know if i'm going if you plan to listen to this podcast weekly yeah i think it's important for you to know and understand my journey because as a therapist um you know self-disclosure doesn't have much room you know my when my patients and my clients come and see me it's not about me the hour that they spend with me um they pay me to for it, for it to be about them and everything about them. So I try very hard not to self-disclose and I have kept my journey very private um, for a number of re- different reasons. I, I'm just a very private person. So uh, unless you are one of the people very close to me um, or have been you know, a big part of my journey, um, you don't sort of know a lot about my life. And I, I want to change that because I... And that has happened for a number of different reasons, stigma associated with mental health, you know, my own fears um, and that I am that in this year I am, you know, overcoming myself of, you know, putting myself out there and being vulnerable and my authentic self i really think it's important that you know you get to know who i am today because i think all of these years i've been exploring myself who i am and it has never been more important since last christmas when i turned 40 um i i every year you know and especially with the onset of this decade i'm i've always been one of those people who is very big on you know goal oriented or vision oriented life um in my 30s um, um, I I'll get to my thirties later, but um, I think I need to tell you a little bit about why therapy, why mental health, and you know what my life has been before I went into grad school. Um, so let me sort of take you back to the, my grad school moments and will sort of work, um, you know, through my childhood a little bit. Um, and the context of that is important because all of that makes me who I am, the mindset that I have now, and why um, it's so important for me to help people uh, and make an impact on people, given that everything um, that this year has presented itself. So, just wanted to um, sort of, you know, take you back on a journey when I was in grad school. You know, um, there was a lot going on. One of the reasons why I went to grad school. So um, I went to graduate school in North Dakota and North Dakota was um, a very big part of my life. It really, changed and impacted um, it changed me and it impacted who I was becoming and you know before I went to North Dakota I didn't even know Um, so most of my life um, till I was 18 years old I grew up in India and then I moved here to the United States um, to come here for my undergrad my Parents present me with an opportunity that, you know, if I wanted to go to school here and I had an aunt and uncle in Ohio um, who were very open to uh, that idea of have me having me, you know, live with them. And Cincinnati, Ohio was a big part of my life as well. So um, I'll start with North Dakota uh, instead of being all over the place and tell you why that was important. North Dakota is where everything in my life up you know ever since i was i think 12 um 12 through grad school which is almost like in my mid 20s those years are very forming developmentally very forming years of one's lives um and for me those years were just the most roughest and the almost more rough than, you know, it was very up and down. Obviously life is not about just all rough and all better. Uh, I really believe that life is all about valleys and mountains. And now I have l- learned to be in a place of my life where, you know, every phase in our life or every, Every valley is temporary and every mountain is also temporary. So I really now have trained myself to live in the present and enjoy it to the fullest. And, you know, when I when I see the valleys, which are the low and the um, not so greatest suffering parts of life. I don't resist them. I allow myself to explore them, but I know how to get out of it, and have learned the concept of resi- resiliency over time. And also, it's with some areas of my life post-traumatic um, growth. Resiliency is, you know, being able to get through any um, circumstance or any adversity um, with strength, you know, knowing that it will pass and knowing and applying the skills, beliefs, and, um, or tweaking some of the things that has not worked before, because I think the lows allow us an opportunity to grow, to learn, to evolve. I used to, in my younger days, absolutely resist them, uh, absolutely not like them, absolutely would be so sucked by that and didn't know how to get out of that. And I grew up and growing up as a South um, South Asian, you know, therapy, mental health. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast. You know, that was never a big part of my life. Um, There's so much stigma associated with mental health. There's so much stigma associated with seeking help that it's considered weak. And now being a therapist and, you know, um, a trauma specialist and having gone through trauma, this is one thing that I really, I, I, and, you know, whenever I get those calls or inquiries of people wanting to see me or work with me, I really, um, appreciate and, you know, commend them for the courage that it took them to make that call because it's not easy and it's not easy to seek help and, um, you know, ask for help. It has never been easy for me and I, I still continue to work on that, um, but, you know, it's just something that I, as a society, we are designed not to ask for if we find ourselves um, in the lowest moments of our lives. And for the low moments of my life um were... Quite low, um, and what I would what, what that look like. Uh, I think it's important that you know I I am still a little nervous about this, but I think it's important that you know who I am. So I'm not just some person who is talking about mental health uh, without having been through it. I plan to have very amazing people on this show with me. Um, I, I, th- this is a bi-weekly podcast, so I every Tuesday is about a person's story. You know, which is a longer episode of. Th- you know 30 40 minutes um and then every Thursday is an episode of me just solo. It's a shorter episode of 10, 15 minutes about, you know, some of the actionable tips and things that you can do um, and the topics that we can explore so that you can live the best version of your life. Um, So I really think that it's important that we talk about the low, the not so good, the not so, you know, mental, um, not so glamorous parts of life Um, because they happen, they happen to all of us, as far as I'm concerned, everybody goes through some kind of trauma in their life. Um, whether we decide to stay in denial about that, whether we decide to not acknowledge that is on us. And that's OK. Some people are just not ready. And that's fine, too. But for others that want to be more educated and informed, I want to do my best in order to talk about that. So when I was going to grad school, I. Um, one of the important parts about my program or my advisor, or at least for me, the the part that stuck with me was you know it was very important that one of my advisor has suggested as we were getting into the second year of our program, the clinical and the working with the club, play clients or patients part of the program. And it was very um, heavily advised that she's, and, and I'll never forget when she said that to me was, you know, Gunjani, I think it's really important that you go seek the help that, and be on that couch and know what it feels like to be on the other cu- side of the couch before you start seeing someone. Um, so, you know, what, what they're coming in with and growing up South Asian, I, you know, like I said earlier, I didn't think there was anything wrong with me. And, you know, uh, <laughs> I laugh about that because, you know, before that, um, the four years of my personal life, and, you know, I, I, I had very much compartmentalized the personal and the professional part of my life, um, or the st- student part of my life. Um, the personal part of my life was completely falling apart. And what I mean by that was. So I was married at the time um, to a man who was you know, 15 years older than me. He was white, so I had an interracial marriage. And the reason I mentioned race is because in South Asian culture, it was, and I grew up in India, so most of my family is also in India. Um, you know, that was just not the norm. I had decided um, to do something that was way off the charts, and almost I was a black sheep of the family that did everything that, you know, nobody normally did in my family. My family came was very educated, and they focused very heavily on education, and um, and I'm very thankful for that. You know, my grandfather came to America uh, in in 50s and he got his double PhD. And, you know, it's just uh, some of the things that he did as a part of his hardship. He was the first person to ever have a doctorate in chemistry back in those days. Um, and he was an entrepreneur. And I think I always had those entrepreneurial skills. And that's one of the reasons why I am here. And I've never believed in working far for someone and always wanted to pave my own path. And, this is the next step from my private practice to that place. Um, I think this is only the begin. This is the second step, I, I would say, because I-, I have a thriving private practice and I'm very happy and blessed about that. But uh, that would have not happened if, given you know what I have been through. So I married a man who was teaching entrepreneurship. Um, and This all comes together, um, and I-, I-, I wanted to do something that I, I don't think my parents or the rest of my family were ready for, for, so to speak. Um, But, you know, so I I grew up um, thinking in my early tens or, you know, in my, in my teen part of my life, or even younger than that, I grew up wanting to be a surgeon. You know, if you're South Asian, that is a running joke that either you are a doctor or you're an engineer. And, uh, you know, most of the people, the male people in the fam- in my family were engineers and the females were um, doctors, I guess. So it was just, um, my mother was not, but she always very heavily focused on education. She didn't care what I became, but I just naturally gravitated towards wanting to help people, wanting to do stuff, wanting to become a surgeon and wanting to um, have just wanting to make an impact on people. Um, It quite, quite didn't play out the way I had anticipated, but I'm still here impacting people, which I feel very grateful about. So um, so when I um, so. I had this vision of getting out there and wanting to become a physician and a surgeon. And then my teens happened and I was in boarding school And that's where some of the rough moments of my life started, which I didn't really quite understand and conceptualize till I was in therapy. Uh, You know, I I resisted that idea quite a bit when I was in grad school because I was just like, oh, nothing is wrong with me. What do you mean therapy? Um, But, uh, you know, things were falling apart enough and at that rate where I wanted to just go out there and check it out and see what it would be like. And I'm so happy. That the person that I got connected with was the person that has entirely changed the trajectory of my life. And I say that with so much conviction because she absolutely did. And I didn't know back then that it was important to find the right fit and to find the right therapist and all of those things that therapy entails. And I will get into that in a little bit. And if you continue to listen to my show, you know, we'll explore that. But um, just back to where I'm going to put the pieces together, the back to, so in the boarding school of my life years were good, for the most part. But then the some parts of that entailed uh, having going through sexual trauma uh, for four years of my life. And it was just the most scariest, most detrimental part of my life that I just wasn't, able to voice to anyone because again that's something we as a society don't prepare for we as a society, there are too many big feelings and we just don't explore. Either we come from a mindset that that's not going to happen to us, so let's not talk about it, or it, it, it did happen to us. And 90% of the time, now that you know, I work with um, people um, who have endured sexual trauma, 60 million people have endured, sex. T- that's just reported cases in this world. Um, 90% of my patients have gone through it. Um, and, you know, most of the time in our families, that's a topic we don't explore because ninety 98% of the time we are related to people who we endured sexual trauma with. So it's a very rough and interesting phenomena and a concept to discuss, but now looking back and having worked on it and having found a therapist and having gone through that life and that journey, I absolutely have no qualms talking about it because I really think that's a topic that we must address and um, discuss. And, you know, um, just because we live with the denial mentality of this can't happen, doesn't mean it didn't happen. It happens to a lot of people we just don't talk about it where we don't address it and i'm very and this podcast is very big on breaking the cycles um so and i'll tell you why that's important and the intergenerational trauma that we continue to incur and pass on without unres- with the unresolved trauma and you know without um getting past some of those things in our lives so that was a big thing that happened right before i was graduating for one of the most important exams of my life, you know, that was happening, but I obviously, like everybody else does in their teen years, just shoved it under the rug, didn't talk about it, didn't address it, didn't think it was important um, to bring it up. But the the scars of that left very etched, you know, the, the 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 thinking and the beliefs and the perception I developed about myself and how invisible I became to myself and the entire world um, was just very interesting because um, it was not easy um, and it was not easy to not do not be visible. Um, so then and I'm not uh, saying this to ask for pity. I am saying I'm, I'm voicing all of this now is because i think it's important as a generation or at least my generation i am i don't know if i'm if, if my podcast will make any difference to the aunties and the moms um, generation but i think it can make a big impact for people who are either my generation or younger to have these things in mind so that we can together as a society reduce the trauma, um, reduce the stigma associated with mental health. I think it's important to talk about some of these things as much as we don't want to hear these big feelings and big things, they happen. They could happen to any one of us. And it's really important that we discuss and normalize these things for the people who have endured these issues in life. So that happened. Then, like I said, I was going about to appear for the most important exam of my life that would just decide the trajectory of whether, you know, I would become the surgeon or the doctor that I wanted to become. Um, And right before, I think it was four months before my exam, um, it was called the 10th board exam. I endured the worst third degree burns of my life, which uh, the doctors were even surprised later that I made it through that. And that then compounded with the invisibility that I already felt, as in, you know, in South Asian culture, you grew up thinking, oh, you know, as if you're a girl, you're going to get married at a certain age. Like my mother started showing me boys that ever since I was 19 years old. And I'm just like, my brain is not looking back. You know, our brains don't completely develop till we are 27 years old. Um, studies show that prefrontal cortex, the left brain, the judgment decision making part of our brain. Doesn't develop till we are 25 years old. Um, and now 27. So it used to be 25, now it's 27. I'm a big neuroscience nerd. So expect a lot of science and brain talking in this podcast and the mind body. Um, spirit and you know um the brain connections because we're it's all connected it's not just oh uh, mental health is just in the mind it's all in your head i i want to if i i want to break, be the cycle breaker and reduce the tra- you know stigma associated with mental health i think it's really important for the people um to know that what happens in your life, your experiences, really changes your brain, which, as a result, changes your, your mind, and then all of that is very much connected to your body. Um, so the the you know the exa- the third degree burn happened. So I'm just like gloomed and doomed that now I'm not even going to be married, not even married, but. I just the I think I, I looking back I was really going through a severe depression. But I, in our family there is no such thing as depression, you know. And now also I'm very big on epigenetics and intergenerational trauma because I really think that and I know that and there are studies that show that you know when it comes to depression, anxiety, PTSD. of it is genetically, 47%. So let me be very clear for people who are into numbers. 47%, we are genetically predisposed. Whether we like it or not, we get it from our family. If we don't resolve it, we pass it to our kids. And the beautifulness about this entire thing, the beauty, not beautifulness, I apologize for that, but um, the beauty of this process is neuroplasticity, which means that your brain has the ability to change and neurogenesis, which is building new neurons by doing stuff, like an important example is an exercise. Exercise is doing stuff that, you know, you, you can build new neurons now. There's so much research in um, neuroscience that supports that. There is you can, you can change your brain by the way you think, by the way you, you know, input things in your brain um, and change the programming of your brain, so to speak. So that's good news. But back then, we didn't know all that uh, in my life. Uh, I'm making this strictly about my life right now. So, you know, I think I was going through severe depression. And then um, after that board exam stuff, I got my results and it was nowhere near that. And then one month right before our exams, there was this huge, you know, stuff going on in my boarding school that we had to be sent back home. So it was just I was just done at that point th- i knew that results if i you know if i was about to get into med school that th- that would just not happen um i got my results and i was devastated and it was like the worst day i still remember that moment but thankfully i've processed it with emdr um, i am emdr trained tra- therapist for people who know what that is but i will get into that it's one of the trauma treatment modalities and one of the best most amazing evidence based trauma treatment modality that I think everybody should explore if they're really, you know, stuck or still feel emotional charge related to certain event, events in their life. Because I truly think that if you still feel or look back on your life and still feel anything that's charging or emotional or you can't control or causes reaction or you are avoiding, uh, it needs to be resolved. But um, you know, th- that's just my take on it. Um, I'm very big and bold on things and um, it's, uh, yeah. So I hope um, you can tolerate that. But uh, I don't like sugarcoating or fluffing things because um, that doesn't serve a purpose, I think. Um, I can still be gentle and kind, but I I really think sometimes we need that harsh wake up call. Um, but, um, so that happened and the med school plan just came to gloom and gloom and doom. It did, it, it didn't occur. So I was devastated, but I still had to pick a career. So thankfully, you know, my mother and I started exploring what we were going to do that would still keep me in the realm of, um, you know, going through, uh, how we would navigate around me wanting to help people or me wanting to still be associated with something hospital and, you know, what should I be when I Grow up, so to speak. So um, I picked nutrition science. Um, and then I had an opportunity to come to America. So I almost started school in India, finished my first two years of college, came to America, I had to redo all of that again, because the way the Indian, um, you know, schooling works is very different than the American schooling. So I just came here, started my undergrad, and then halfway into the under under into my undergrad, I realized ooh, I'm in America now. I can start all over again. I can still be in med school. So that was a bit of a hopeful moment for me and kind of sort of exciting. But uh, I went back home. I, you know, connected with my parents because I was fortunate to have them uh, pay for my education, which I'm very thankful for, at least the undergrad part of it. The grad school, I took care of it because I didn't, my dad absolutely refused and didn't think I needed to go to grad school. But um, yeah, so... I went back home and consulted with them as in I wanted to go, go to med school. My life has always been and so my my relationship with my dad was very interesting growing up and no wonder I ended up having daddy issues, um, which uh, I don't know if I completely wanted to get into the details of all of that, but so we went back and he was he was a big believer of I had to finish what I started. And through all my nutrition science classes, it was so easy to me that I kept getting A's. So either I was sleeping through some of the classes that I absolutely didn't care about or, you know, excelling the all the classes that I, that, that were so easy to me and were not challenging. And thus the whole med school thing still kicked in because I was like, I still want to do, you know, something that would be more challenging. Not that nutrition, I mean, nutrition science was not challenging to me. It was quite easy, but, and it was quite boring because that's not what I saw myself doing. I, I saw my mother, you know, and that, the, so he absolutely said, no, I had to finish what I started. And we had a big family meeting about it because I don't know something about my life. Everything had to be a family meeting meeting it couldn't it wasn't just resolved around just us that's how it works in not for everybody for me for for me at least that's how it uh, ended up, so I as a as an eighteen year old or nineteen year old, there was no way I could face up to, you know, with given the 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 place that my self esteem was at, you know, um, through all the things that I'd been through prior to that, to to say that no, that's not what I want for my life, and that that's not who I see myself being, and it was absolutely decided by you know three or four patriarchal um, system that. I would not go to med school and i would just do what i went to america for and come home and um yeah that was quite interesting and traumatic at the time um Life has a way of playing itself out. So I'm glad I am where I'm at and I've made peace with some of the things that didn't according to Gloria's plan. But I think sometimes that happens in life. It teaches us lessons. It teaches us things and it teaches us who we end up becoming as a result of some of those things. So um, when all of that happened, I ended up graduating with a nutrition science degree. And then I got married to the man that absolutely, again, was Everybody told me that this was not going to end well, but I wasn't ready to listen um, because I had other plans for my life. I wanted to become something that I wanted to become, but not something that was imposed on me. I wanted to create my own life, but I didn't know how. I didn't know what. And, you know, my ex came to me at the time that I felt so confused about And I think he almost sort of at the time sort of um, proxied as a daddy figure that I hadn't resolved and things that weren't going on. Because, you know, when even when I was trying to marry him, one of the things that the way it started in terms of my father's um, epilogue to that was I'm not emotional I, I don't feel emotions and I, I, I've i never learned how to express or feel a range, a range of emotions. And we know how important emotions can be. Doing what I do now, um, exploring emo- emotions are our alert system of our body trying to tell us what's going on. And as parents, I don't, and not just not to blame him, but I think in their culture or in that in uh, my culture or in most cultures, I think there is so much stigma associated with mental health because we don't discuss emotions enough. Emotions are just, oh, it's weak. It's someone trying to be dramatic. It's someone, you know, it's, it's we don't feel, only women feel. And we have such a bad narrative around emotions. Emotions are our bodies and brain's way of saying, you know, something is off, look at it work through it and process it. If we depress it, or if we resist it, we cause so much detriment to those emotions. And that can be, that that represents itself as violence, as addictions, as depression, as PTSD, as complex PTSD. Some of the things that exhibits itself later in life that, you know, we, when we fail to acknowledge some of the smaller signals that we were getting earlier in life. So that happened, and then you know I went through a divorce. so uh, yes. So then I got married, and I ended up in North Dakota. I ended up in grad school. The grad school part of my life, like I said, it was very compartmentalized. So I was going through depression in my personal life, where there were be there would be days where I just. Would literally sit there and think about slicing my wrist, and you know, do it in the bathroom, and I, I felt myself very suicidal, and I, the thoughts were so intrusive that it was just very scary but I didn't know what to do with it. I, 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 and the whole process of divorce wasn't even an option because I grew up in a society or grew up with values thinking divorce is the last thing that happens, you know, in our culture, you stay married, even if you're unhappy, you work it out, you figure it out. And you're a failure if you get a divorce. And I I didn't want to be a failure given my prior failures before um, that I I had been facing in my teens and my uh, early teens. So I I was really in a hard place, but I would cry myself to bed every night. And it got to a place eventually where I just couldn't take it. And yet I had continued that detrimental cycle and I, in the meantime, you know, I ended up in therapy and I wanted to just explore what it would be like. And my every time I walked in and I would talk about some of the things that had happened in my life and my therapist would tell me, you are such a strong and magnificent woman, Gunjini. And I would look at her and, you know, um, and <laughs> she was an addictions counselor, um, psychologist, uh, and, and depression and anxiety and EMDR were her thing. And I looked at her and I would just think she was very heavily on crack or meth, because that was a big problem in um, <laughs> North Dakota. And I, I, I would just not believe it when she would say those things to me. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's great. You th- I'm glad you, I had so much anger filled in me. And I had just so much all these range of emotions that I had not allowed myself to feel over the years, because it was not okay. You know, every kid wants to be believed by their children, I mean, by their parents. Um, and I did everything I could possibly do so that just one day my father would just say, wow, I'm so proud of you. I really believe in what you're doing and you know, what you are, um, you are, you just want to, I didn't want to feel so invisible. And then that never happened, but thanks to Jane, who was my therapist who actually uh, helped me make peace with that, but that's okay. And that you know, our parents do the best they can as they know how um, we don't, Tend to want to mess up our children, but sometimes, um, because of our ignorance, we tend to. And I, I, as my, as I raise my child, I'm very cognizant of that, and I, 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 I want to, and I'm very, and this podcast, so, so that part of my life happened, and it was very difficult. Um, But thanks to the EMDR therapy, I explored some of those things. I I allowed myself to just let go of all of these things that I was holding on to that was only not serving me and, you know, um, that was holding me back from who I potentially could be. Um, So I made peace with all of that that was happening, which was very hard years of my life. And Um, so I can absolutely now be in a place where I can empathize with someone who is going through suicidal thoughts, who is going through the rough periods of their time, who is, um... Not in a good place, but, you know, wants to be and it does feel stuck. So the vision of this podcast is, um, so fast forward, I resolved through some of that. I ended up being in, you know, um, New York, Manhattan, and that was what I had always wanted in North Dakota. Um, through therapy, I also explored that, you know what, I was on a path in terms of my divorce and some of the values and beliefs that I held about that. I wanted children, he didn't, um, you know, and that was our breaking Point. And I'm so glad that all of that played out the way it did, because it wouldn't, ha- I wouldn't have been who I am if it was, it wouldn't have played out in that way. And I'm really thankful uh, and uh, very much at peace, everything for with everything that has happened, um, because I wouldn't be sitting here talking about it otherwise. Um, and the reason and my vision for this podcast or the, this podcast is for people who have been through traumatic events in their life um, or are going through a traumatic phase but and are willing to experience change, people who want to truly unpack and really want to grow, um, you know, from grow into the best version of their life, you know, given everything that 2020 has been um, I really, so this, this year, so this past the decade of thirties was a lot of soul searching and learning and improving. And um now this past year, you know, when I turned 40, I've always been very vision driven person. I've always ha- had one of those vision boards and I'm very goal oriented person since, you know, my early 30s and when I moved to Manhattan and um, the whole entrepreneurship part of my life kicked in, I think one of the things that happened or one of the things that I really do every year and especially with this year is um, I didn't know COVID was going to happen. So I turned 40 on Christmas and I, you know, I was really looking for my purpose and just truly w- I, I'm happy. I, I, everything that I wanted happened in this past year. Um, You know, not everything, but most of it. And and one of the things that I've now come to accept is that, you know what, um, 40% of the goals that we set are not going to come to fruition and that's completely okay. And I've come to be okay with that. I, Had some failures in terms of my entrepreneurial endeavors in my early 30s that didn't quite plan out and that really sort of took me back again. But again, that's the part that goes into valleys and mountains. But what I've learned is that, you know, um, 40% of it is not going to come to fruition, but it's really important to have a vision and goals in your life because if we don't know where we're headed, we don't know we just autopilot through life and I didn't want to autopilot through life. I am very meticulous about where I'm headed, what I want for my life. And just, and now as I grew older, you know, I, I, it was all about in my thirties about once I started to feel visible, it was about what people were doing, but now uh, it's becoming more about what I want to do and becoming 10% better version of who I am versus Living a life that I think people want me to live or people want out of us. I think sometimes we get stuck in that rut of what people want versus what we want. And then we just autopilot our way through and we feel so stuck and we feel so overwhelmed and we suffer through it. Instead, um, the way I see it. So, this past year, when I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to be and what my purpose would be. It was really important, and um, so I did. The, so I, I used to do all these vision boards, and you know, goal, and I teach my patients that too because I really think it's important. If we if we don't know what we want, I I think it's really important to explore what we do want because sometimes you just think this is life, and we just like, expect you know what what is happening and we stay stuck because we don't allow ourselves to self-improve and become the better version of ourselves. So, um, so there's a concept called post-traumatic growth, which is positive transformation after trauma. And that is that and that's exa- and I think those are the people that I want to connect with the to, for people who've been through the worst tragedy in their lives. And the people that I plan to have on the show are people who have gone through, you know, post-traumatic depression and People who have gone through almost committing suicide, people who have gone through living through terminal illnesses um, and were almost dead because of it. People who got diagnosed with cancer, people who got, you know, who lost their child, people who lost one of their parents, people who lost, who, were, who were battling with, you know, dealing with vicarious trauma um, of just serving other people who were either disabled or, um, you know, um, just others, period. A lot of physicians, a lot of dispatchers, a lot of frontline, you know, people in the military, People they experience a concept called traumatic um, vicarious trauma is that the secondary burnout that you experience as a result of taking someone, taking care of others and not taking care of yourself. Uh, all these very interesting people, but yet one thing that they all have in common is that, you know, they, they just seem very content. Truly. Do you ever meet people that just are very, have been through the worst things in their lives, but just are content, just truly happy or not happy, but just content with where they're at and fully at bliss. Um, You know, not because they're repressing or, you know, faking it, but because they've truly processed and resolved some of these things, so I really wish. Um, and the reason why the, this podcast came to place was, so I did this program as a result of you know me soul searching of what this decade would look like. It was it's called Life Book. It's made by some of my friends that I grew up with and, and with my ex husband, um, John and Missy Butcher, and now they're a part of Mind Valley. It, it's a it's a self you know education. Um, platform. Um, And I I had bought this program, but I didn't look at it till now this year, more than ever. Um, And I started to look at it in January before COVID hit. So it's amazing how everything fell in place. And I really was looking and, you know, fine tuning into what my life's purpose is and what I want to be and what I want this next decade to look like. And then COVID happened and then, you know, I had a few people, there was a death of a very famous Indian actor who was gone at a very young age. Um, and then everybody started talking about mental health and the stigma. And then there was a death, um, untimely death of a woman who is a friend of friends. Her name is Nima Bhakta. And I really, really, truly am very grateful to her and her family for coming to me, she passed away because of postpartum depression. She, she felt like one of my own because I've been through some of the struggles that she's been through. And given what I do now and how she felt uh, so alone, and she was seeking therapy, she was in taking medication. But yet as a new mother, she was feeling so alone because our society uh, subconsciously has a way of putting so much pressure on us where she felt that she was the only one that was going through everything that she's been through that nobody would understand what she was going through and i couldn't relate to her anymore and i had so and i have so much to say as a result of everything that has played out you know the death of george floyd brianna all the people in our lives, I'm not here to discuss my political views on things or my take on life, but I am here and want to make it a mission through this, through this podcast is that I think as a society, we are designed to be very reactive. Oh, when the loss occurs, when the you know death occurs, when the chronic illness hits, when the sexual assault happens is when we react. Instead of educating ourselves and informing ourselves through podcasts like these or through other mediums, um, social accounts, because as, as toxic and detrimental social media can be, um, the humane part of it still it should be around, I think. Um, you know, I was watching this social dilemma documentary, and I really have a lot to say. And thus in the past two years, I had switched myself off because again, I was going through a point point of my life that I had the child that I was I very much love, which is what I wanted, and he's he's here. But the life after him. After he came into this world and the identity and who I was, and I, and now looking back, you know, as I'm coming out of this motherhood hole for myself, um, I just recently founded a group called Pregnant and New Mothers Mental Wellness Support Group on Facebook and on Instagram, Pregnant and New Moms Tribe, and um, I think it was really important for me to put the focus back on mental health and focus back on the moms because I'm going through that phase of my life. And the way our culture and society is designed is that "Mm, the baby is here. It's all about the baby. Who cares about the mother? And the mental wellness of a woman is very important through these years of our life. She's rebirthing herself as a part of becoming a new mother and some of these things that we don't address. So in the honor of Nima, the next episode, I want to have a guest or who is going to be a guest on the show. And she talks about how her husband, who, um, you know, was just a very much big part of her journey as, um, you know, as she was struggling through postpartum depression and how she almost died as a result of that. I think it's really important for me to, you know, um, have people on the show to help us educate and inform and reduce the stigma uh, and be more informed so we can reduce the stigma associated with mental health. I think we, you know, that's something that we should absolutely be taught in school, mental health awareness, sex education, not the G rated version, the self-improvement, the, psychological impact and the emotional and positive intelligence we are so focused on IQ 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 but we don't focus on EQ and PQ there are just there is all this research on positive intelligence now um I'll talk more about that but through this podcast I want to connect um and help people because as much as I would like everybody to be on in therapy I know it's not accessible to everybody, it is not for everybody. And, uh, you know, uh, it, financially, not a lot of people can afford it. Um, it's not a commitment that everybody makes. People don't know what it is. in in a lot of places, like in North Dakota, you know, geographically, there are sometimes towns that were only 60 people. The population of the town was 60 people. I used to actually go in people's houses to provide them therapy because the, the population was so stoic that they wouldn't even come to therapists. Um, so... People, I think it's important to educate ourselves on what therapy is, what it looks like, what it does. And I want to break the cycles um, of, you know, um, what the intergeneration of if we don't heal, how we continue to pass down our issues that we all face issues. Let's face it. None of us in this world um, are without Issues or baggage, but it's about how we process it, how we how we embrace it, how we unpack it, and you know how um, we learn from them. What, learn from our issues. So this pro- this there this um, podcast is not therapy. I just want to make that very clear. This podcast is absolutely not to replace therapy. But the work that we do outside of therapy is just, just, just as important. And I want this medium to be a medium for people to learn to educate themselves, to become more informed, to be inspired, and to have hope in the times when they feel stuck and overwhelmed and are looking to heal but just don't know how. Self-improvement and self-learning and self-evolution are so important to success, performance, and who we can be and what the best version of ourselves looks like, you know. Um, I think we have all this technology available to us. We have, you know, in, in this time more than ever, we are able to connect, but yet we are so disconnected. And I really want to bridge that gap and want to work very hard in creating a community of people that are like-minded, um, that inspire others, that. Uh, you know, are very informed and educated when it comes to mental health, and uh, together we can reduce the stigma associated with it. So more people are not dying of suicide than coronavirus. As much as coronavirus and you know being safe and that pandemic part of our life is important and what it has done to us as a society right now. Um, come December thirty first, that's not all going to go away. I'm sorry to be the bearer of that bad news, but, but, and that's one of the reasons why I decided to release it now before this year ended, because I plan to have amazing set of speakers and, you know, um, people on the show, as well as some of the things that I want to help. And in terms of changing mindset of our, uh, for the people who are looking to not be stuck or to not be unhappy with the you know, the valleys and the the things that happen in our lives that are beyond our control. Because December 31st, 2020, all the problems won't go away. But we can, together, change our mindset to accept the reality that we are in and curb the anxiety, the depression, the things that we feel, Um, As a result of some of these things that we are faced with, if you learn to beat 2020, I bet you anything that comes your life, anything else you will know how to work with. So that's my hope. Um, for this podcast thank you so much for tuning in I look forward to you being a part of this journey with me so if you really if anything that I said resonated with you um, please click the subscribe button and um, rate and review the show uh, as it comes um, for as because I plan to um, keep going for a long time as long as I can and um, I have a blog um, which I want to build, um, if you go to gpatelcounseling.com slash blog, um, you can sign up on my blog. And together, I want to create a community of people that is like-minded, very supportive, very positive, very success-oriented mindset people um, that, you know, we can support each other through these times. Um, So thank you so much for being a part of this journey with me, where I explore mind, body, brain and spirit connection so that you you can live your best life and the best version of yourself or become the best version of yourself. Um, And I really appreciate you reading and reviewing what you thought. Um, I look forward to your feedback um, because it really, uh, send me an email or leave a review. And I really want to hear what you have to say and where you would like me to go with the show. I would like to cover uh, content on this show that is applicable to you and that would absolutely help you. Um, So thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to hearing from you. So I will have all the information where you can find me on the show notes. And um, yay! Thank you for being a part of this journey with me. Bye. Bye.